You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hey, welcome to Here For It. I'm your host, Erica Muller. Each week, we'll be talking all things life, fashion and beauty, personal development, and probably some pop culture along the way as well. Here For It is your weekly space to get grounded, regroup, and be inspired to live your best life. Because really, we're all figuring it out as we go. And I'm so here for it. Hi guys, welcome back to Here For It. My name is Erica Muller. For anyone new around here, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. And welcome to a solo episode of Here For It this week. I wanted to recap my journey and experience with running a half marathon in case anyone is considering doing it or signing up for one or even a full marathon. I know New Year's is quickly approaching and I know a lot of people set those types of goals around the new year. And so if I can share a little bit of my experience and the things that I would do again and wouldn't do again and just help make somebody else's experience with it a little bit more seamless than mine was, then I'm here for that. I'm here for you guys. Um, So I feel like I have to preface this by saying, like, I don't consider myself a runner. I consider myself athletic. I enjoy moving my body. Um, I love working out. I just don't necessarily like share that as much, but I've really been active my whole life and I find a lot of, um, like mental clarity in doing so. And I just feel good when I move my body. So it's not like I signed up for this willy nilly and went from like couch to half marathon. I think that's important to note that like I, I was working out previously before deciding to commit to this. Um, But it's something that's lived in the back of my mind for years upon years. And it's just one of those things because I'm not interested in becoming like the world's fastest runner or competing seriously in running events. And I think for that reason, it just never got prioritized. And something switched in my brain at the beginning of this year. And I kind of had this realization of, I have all these things that I keep saying that I want to do and experience, and I just don't take action on them because they don't feel like the priority, but that's just an excuse really. And so I was like, okay, well, let's walk over to the computer and sign my little butt up for a half marathon right this moment. And that's basically what I did. So I signed up for the fall uh, Chicago half marathon. And that was that was it. Once I signed up, I was committed and I knew this was happening. Um, after I decided, I was like, okay, now that like I'm committed to this, I paid the entry fee, like we're we're doing this. I kind of sat down and made some goals slash rules for myself. Um And I think this was really helpful to have in the back of my mind throughout the entire training process. Um, The first one was that I want to do this safely. Health is the number one priority. I am not trying to set a world record. I'm not trying to join the Olympics. I just am trying to do my best and challenge myself, but I want to do it in the safest way possible. I know running is really hard on your joints over long periods of time. My 
um, European history teacher in high school was an avid runner. I think he did like cross country and he might've done some marathons. I honestly can't remember, but he had, I think it was both of his hips replaced and he kept them in a jar in our classroom. And so like, I think about that and I'm like, I don't need my hips in a jar. Like it's not that serious to me. Um, so safety was absolute number one. I was not going to push through pain that was like physical pain because something was wrong as opposed to like pain because I'm uncomfortable running 13 miles. There was a difference to me. And so that took precedent over everything. Um, and then the second one was that I wanted to say I ran the entire half marathon. I didn't want to say that I ran walked. I didn't want to say I walked a half marathon. I wanted to say I ran a half marathon. Um, and whether that's running fast, running slow, doesn't matter, but I had to run the whole thing. So those were basically in the back of my mind the entire time of training. So the next thing I had to do was like the prep work in terms of preparing to train and training, I guess, as the half marathon was approaching. So most training plans are a 12 week period. And I had signed up, um, prior to that 12 week training plan period. And so I knew I had some wiggle room in there to get my endurance up. And so I was really trying to just continue on the workout program that I had been doing, add running in more frequently. Um, the weather was still like not great at that point. So I was just running on a treadmill, which they don't recommend training for a half marathon or a marathon on a treadmill because your joint, the way your joints and feet land on a treadmill is so different than concrete or pavement or a dirt path, if that's what you're running. Um, and so I was really cognizant of not relying on a treadmill once I started the actual training plan. Um, I wanted to train in conditions as similar as possible to what I knew race day would be. And that way I could be as prepared as possible and there wouldn't be any surprises. Um, I think running on a treadmill helps prevent shin splints as opposed to like running on concrete, but I knew that I'd be running a full 13.1 miles on concrete. So I was dedicated once the training plan started to only run on concrete. Um, so the first thing I had to do was like find a training plan, which there's a ton out there. Like I said, they have a lot of like from couch to 5k or couch to 13.1 or whatever. That wasn't me. I, I knew I didn't need like a beginner beginner plan. And so I just did a lot of research to see what other people had used, what their um, like athletic level was before they started. And I found one that was like a little bit more intermediate um, for me. And I felt like the plan that I used was really great. I feel hesitant to tell you which plan I used because I think you need to do research for yourself and find the one that feels best for you. Um, but if you need help finding resources, you can DM me, but truly like Google is your best friend. You can find pretty much anything you need there. And that's where I found 90% of everything that I was needing. Um, so up until the training plan actually started, I was just adding and running here and there, building up my endurance. And then once training started, I felt like as prepared as I could for a 12 week, pretty intense 
training plan. Um, the second thing I did for prep was get fitted for running shoes. This might be like my number one tip from this whole training process is to get fitted for running shoes. I had never been fitted for a workout shoe before. And after I did, I was like, oh my God, I will never go back to not like using this information. I had this issue for years and you would think that I would have figured it out sooner, but I didn't. But no matter the brand, no matter what shoe it was, it could have been like the latest technology. It could have been like a shoe that was around forever. Um, when I would run or sometimes even just like work out, my toes would go numb. Like I couldn't feel my feet. And this happened like across the board. And I just thought it was like there was something wrong with me. And like that just happened when I worked out. Um, no, it's because I was not wearing the correct shoes for my feet. And after I got fitted and you can go, there's places all over. There's like fleet feet. There's, I think Roadrunner sports. Um, if you just search like where to get fitted for running shoes, I'm sure something nearby will pop up near you. Um, and they basically take a scan of your foot and then they have you walk across this pad and it traces like where you put the weight in your foot. Like, do you walk more on your heel? Do you walk more on the ball of your foot, the inside, the outside? Um, and then it like gives you this full analysis of your foot and turns out like my foot, I actually have a wide foot, but like a very narrow heel, which the girl was telling me is like really, really uncommon. Like it's not what most people's feet are. Um, and so it pops up then with suggestions of different types of shoes that are made that way. And so it turns out I need a shoe that's actually wide. And I didn't realize like all of these, not all of them, but a lot of them, these like running shoes and training shoes come in like narrow, regular, wide, extra wide based on the shape of your foot. And so after I found the right shoe, it was like a night and day difference. Um, best thing I've ever done. And it's free. Like if you go there, it's free. You just have to obviously pay for the shoes. Worth it. 1000% worth it. Um, and so with that also, like one of the things I had been doing was on TikTok looking up, like I ended up on running TikTok. And so I was seeing what all these other girls were doing and what they were running and training. And I learned a lot from them, but so many also say like, oh, get this exact shoe. This is my shoe. And I loved it. And I will not tell you the shoe that I got because you need the shoe for your foot. Like I cannot emphasize that enough. It is life-changing, truly life-changing. So even if you're not running for a half marathon or a marathon, I would suggest just getting your foot fitted for a regular workout shoe. Or if you run every once in a while, truly a game changer. Okay. And then the next thing that I needed to do for prep was to like hone in on nutrition. A lot of people were saying like the carbs really matter. Other people are saying the protein really mattered. Um, and so it was a little bit of trial and error to see like how my body felt best. And it also wasn't until like later into the training plan when the mileage just started going up and up and up that like the nutrition had to change because I was running so much more than I was in the beginning. And so just know like there might be some adjustments here and there with that, but it is important to make sure you're fueling your body, especially when you start getting up into those like seven, eight, nine, 10 mile runs, you're burning a lot of calories and your body needs that fuel. And so that was 
a really big deal for me and it took a lot of just like trial and error. I personally felt best eating a lot of carbs, um, a normal amount of protein that, and other people were like, no, you need more protein than carbs. I didn't, I felt better the more carbs that I was having. Um, but that was me personally. And like I said, it changed as the training program progressed. And then the last thing that I did for prep was to figure out the clothing that I would be wearing throughout training. Again, back to, I want to make every training run as close to what it will be like on the day of the race as possible. And so I bought the same pair of leggings. I think I have seven pairs of this one style of legging because I only wanted to train in that. I didn't want to switch it up. Same with like sports bras, um, my socks, hands down, my best, most favorite socks are the Skims socks. They're so underrated. Um, I know they're not a sports sock. I actually didn't feel like I did very well with a sports sock because they're so much thicker. And because I already have a wider foot, it just was like cramping my feet too much. Um, and the thing that you want to look for in a sock when you're running is no cotton or like a lower level of cotton because the cotton over long periods of time will rub and give blisters and the skim socks do not have that. Um, and so 11 out of 10 recommend those, but same with like, I'm wearing the same sunscreen every day. I'm doing my hair the same way, same sunglasses, same everything as much as possible. So that there are no surprises. Um, and that was also one of the best things I could have done was just like have that consistency um, I think there was one run that I did actually have to run wearing wearing a different pair of leggings because I hadn't had time to do laundry and I felt it. They were like irritating me the whole time. So highly, highly recommend just either doing laundry very frequently or buying multiple of the same thing so that there aren't any surprises and that your body isn't suddenly like rubbing somewhere and you end up with blisters on your feet because you wore a different pair of socks. Nobody wants that. Um, okay. Into like the commitment of this training plan. One thing about me is that when I commit to something, like I am all in, I, it's just the way I've always been. I'm, I'm all in. And I knew that it would be challenging based on my schedule with things that I had coming up to stay committed. So I had to really plan and navigate and keep this commitment to myself I traveled for most of the month of August and parts of that traveling, I was at a very high altitude and I was having to run like six, seven miles. Um, and during those runs, I was definitely like cursing under my breath. Like, why did you agree to this? Like, why would you put yourself through this? It's miserable. Um, and inevitably you will have runs like that. You will have those days. I had many of them but I had to commit because the thing was no matter whether I was tired from traveling, from just normal life, feeling tired, feeling lazy, it doesn't matter. The thing that I kept telling myself and would, would return to frequently was if I don't get up and do this run right now, I'm hurting myself more than helping myself. Like it's actually harder on me to not do this run than to go run eight miles. And once I kind of was like in that mindset of like, this benefits you in the long run, it really made it a lot easier. I also would like get up and run first thing in the morning. Um, so it was just like done before everything else, 
weather is something that if you're running outside, you can't really predict all the time. I remember there was a day, I think in July or August, I'd gone up at 5.30 a.m. and I was out the door at 6 a.m. And at 6 a.m., it was already 96 degrees and like 91% humidity. And I was just like, well, we're going to run these five, six miles and it is what it is. And you just kind of have to push through. Similarly, I'd be on a run and it would suddenly start pouring, dumping rain. And it just like was what it was. You just have to, I don't know. I think it's like in my brain, I'm committed. And so I'm like, well, it is what it is. I have no other option. And I just continue. It's really a mindset thing more than anything. Um, But so the travel, I had to like plan around that, make sure I was bringing like certain snacks. A lot of people on long runs use these things called goo or gel to help fuel um, because they say your body needs fuel every 45 minutes when you're running like consistently like that um, for long periods of time. And I just couldn't get behind the goo. I never even tried it. It really just freaked me out. It felt very chemically. I was like, I don't think I can see myself taking this in the middle of a run and not immediately throwing it back up. And so I relied on applesauce packets, like the little ones for kids. They worked so well. Basically the whole point of a goo or a gel or the applesauce is that your body needs carbs and glucose. And that's like one of the easiest forms of it for your body because you it doesn't have to like really break down and digest something solid it's already kind of in that like liquidy state and so it it just goes right into your system um and i really really recommend that i felt good with it i you're still getting carbs you're still getting that glucose um and i just felt like it was better and that was like one of the things i also thought during this process was like it's very interesting these like top, top athletes, what they're ingesting, because I feel like you hear about athletes and they're like, so on their nutrition and hydration and all of these things. And then you look at the ingredients and some of this stuff and I'm like, this is pure garbage. Um, and so again, because I'm not trying to join the Olympics, I was like, I can rely on some applesauce. Um, so that was like my thing with the training. So as I was traveling, I was making sure I had applesauce packets. Um, electrolytes were also a really, really big thing for me. More so than nutrition, the thing that made the biggest difference in my running was hydration. And I'm notoriously like a bad drinker of water. I just forget. I don't really enjoy plain water. It's just like not that exciting. Um, And so I feel like I'm honestly probably constantly dehydrated. And so for years, I've been like good about drinking electrolytes. But when it came to running, night and day difference, like, oh my goodness. It didn't matter how many carbs I had, the protein, whatever. If I hadn't hydrated properly, the run was shit like absolute garbage. And so one of my biggest like pieces of advice to you is to make sure you're staying hydrated. And for me, electrolytes really, really changed the game. Um, Your body needs minerals to help absorb and keep you hydrated. Whereas sometimes just plain water, it kind of just goes right through you and your body's not holding on to it. And so I really, really am an avid fan of electrolytes. And I personally really like Element. They're the best tasting in my opinion. They don't have any like artificial colors or dyes or things like that. Um, 
And it's like you drink it and feel immediately different. And so making sure I had things like that with me um, as I was traveling was really important. I had to say no to plans a lot because like a Friday night, I knew Saturdays were my long runs. Every Saturday for the entire summer, I got up, I think at 6 a.m. to run. um, And it just is what it is. I had to say no to plans. I had to prioritize sleep. I had to prioritize hydration, nutrition, all of those things. Um, And I don't regret it at all. One of the best things I did. And there were definitely a lot of Saturdays where I was like, wow, it'd be nice to just like enjoy a summer Saturday and like go to brunch or walk around and get some coffee. But no, I was out running 10 miles. (laughs) But that was the commitment. Like I knew what I was signing up for and I just... I don't let myself have excuses with things. And so that was non-negotiable. Something that I did in lieu, like along with that, was I started a spreadsheet to keep track of where I was in the training plan, but also to record and document my mileage. I was pretty curious as to how many miles I would be running by the end of this training. And I was shocked by the end. And I only counted that 12 week period of training. I didn't count any of the miles that I had run prior to starting that 12 week actual training plan. But through those 12 weeks, I ran over 210 miles. And that's crazy. I say like the first month of training, your mileage is relatively low. So it doesn't feel like that crazy. But as the training plan goes on and on, obviously your mileage increases and increases as you're getting closer to the race. And so seeing all that add up was like, oh my gosh, like that's a lot of miles. It's a lot of miles. And so having that to look back on and be like, I did that. Like it felt very um, like an accomplishment. Like each training day that I completed felt like an accomplishment in and of itself. And so I would recommend that if you're somebody who like needs extra motivation, it's pretty impressive to see what your body can do and how quickly miles add up. And you're not even really aware of it in the moment. Um, and then throughout training, because I knew like there was so much impact on my joints and back to my number one goal was like to train safely. I was really cognizant of getting massages, um, every four weeks to just make sure my muscles were doing okay. I would use a magnesium stick after every run, like before bed, and it would help with like soreness and relaxing muscles. It also really helped with sleep. Definitely recommend that. Um, and also creating like a really good playlist. I think I had a couple that I used for training And I honestly thought that I would get bored of them and need multiple, multiple, multiple playlists, but there was actually something kind of comforting in it for me that like now I have certain songs that I associate with training and when they come on, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to go for a run, which is kind of crazy. But there was something about like in the playlist, I knew by like this certain song, how far I was into my mileage and like where I was going to turn around. And it just became like a comfort thing to me, but to each his own. I know a lot of people listen to podcasts while they run. Some people run in silence, which I actually did a couple times, not for the whole time, um, but on shorter runs, I like to run in silence. I feel like it's a good 
uh, like check in with like, where is your mindset? How is my body actually feeling? Sometimes like a hype song comes on and you're like, oh my God, I love this song. Yeah, I can run like for 69 hours, whatever. But like you're not checking in with your body and it's so important to be aware of what's going on in your body when you're running so many miles. So do what feels good to you, but definitely like come back and check in with yourself because that's really important. And then I, during training, I would say for the first two thirds of training, I would just run with my AirPods. But I had heard that on like during a half marathon, because there's so many people, the Bluetooth might not work for your AirPods because there's so many people around. And I was like, not willing to risk not having music for 13.1 miles. So I switched to my headphones that have the cord. Um, and again, I trained with those for like three or four weeks so that I was used to it, um, in time for the actual half marathon. And I really loved that. I also didn't feel like I had to worry, like if anything happened about like an AirPod popping out, like that's the last thing I need to worry about when I'm running 13 miles. Um, so definitely get used to like the headphones you're using, a playlist or two or three or whatever feels good to you. Those things are just as important in training as like what clothing you're wearing and what shoes you're wearing. And that was kind of it for training. Like it just was a matter of getting up, doing it, rinse and repeat, staying hydrated, no excuses. I didn't skip a single run. I did have to like adjust the days that I ran once in a while with travel or like being on an airplane. But like I went and visited my grandparents and I was like, I got to go for a run. And so I'm like at my grandfather's house, like running in his neighborhood, um, like five miles. And it just was what it was. And um, I'm just big on like once you commit to something, like you you just do whatever it takes to like finish. Also, I like there's really something about keeping commitments to yourself. And I think people say that a lot these days. And it's kind of like I feel like it doesn't have the same impact but it really truly does make a difference when you keep a commitment to yourself and you can feel proud about yourself afterwards. Like it really is the sense of accomplishment knowing I tried my best and literally nobody else benefited from this but me. Like at all. Like nobody this was about me. And it feels really good to be able to say that because I think so often we are doing things for other people and helping other people. And while all of that is good and important, we have to do things for ourselves too. And for me, this was all like 100% about me. Um, okay. And so for the race day, race day is like, if you've never run a half marathon before, like I hadn't, I kind of had no idea what to expect. I was like, I'm going into this very blindly. Um, and it's just an experience and we're going to see what it is one thing to do is like trust in your prep. Like you have those thoughts in the back of your mind of like, did I run enough? Did I do enough? Yes, you did. Like you truly, truly did. And there's actually, I have a, a podcast episode with Joe Town um, that I'll link. And he talks a lot about like prep and trusting in your prep. If you need more of that like mindset kind of an episode to listen to, I'll link it in the show notes for you because I feel like it's applicable with something like this. Like you just have to trust that what you've done is enough and you are capable and you know what you're doing. Like nothing is ever going to feel like the perfect time. So you just have to create the perfect time. 
And sometimes that perfect time is just like, it's race day, gotta do it, like no other option. So that was a big one was just being like, I have confidence in myself that I can do this. I can do this. Um, Push yourself. There's a lot going on. There were so many people and like the energy and the excitement is just like, it's really hard to explain if you've never done it before. Um, And so one of the things I actually like cognizantly had to tell myself in the beginning, you get in different corrals and like corral A goes at this time and then like two minutes later, corral B and like as you're waiting for your corral to go, it's really easy to just like turn on your music and like be bopping around. But all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm expending energy that I don't like, why am I doing that right now? Um, And so to kind of like lean into the adrenaline that you feel and the excitement and the energy and the vibes in the air because they're really pretty magical, but also like don't use up your energy right now. Like you have to run for a long time. Like you're going to need that later. And so that was one thing that I was aware of as I was waiting to cross the start line. And the guy who was the announcer, right when my group was waiting to, to cross, we were like 30 seconds away and he said something and it really stuck with me. And he said, by the, by the time you cross the finish line, you will not be the same person that you were when you cross the start. Oh my God, I'm like getting emotional. What is happening? Um, and it's so true. Like, I don't know how to describe this other than the experience is so it's you and you like there's all there's thousands of people running around you there's people on the sidelines cheering there's all these amazing funny signs that you're reading which was like actually one of my favorite parts during the race was like reading the signs people had wrote some of them are so clever or so sweet but at the end of the day it is you against you Nobody else can run for you. Nobody can help you across the finish line. It is you one foot after the other for 13.1 miles. And that whole time, like the range of emotions that I felt was wild. The one thing that actually like really got me in the beginning was there ha- there were like the para athletes who started first so anybody who was like disabled they were able to start first and but i remember by the time i was like around mile 3 i could see them coming back and i got really really emotional where i was like these people are so inspiring the fact that they are out here doing this and i have a fully able body and i'm so capable like it was so humbling and inspirational and like I think honestly that at that moment was like such a boost for me to be like you can run 13.1 miles like if they can do this you can do that and having like perspectives like that of like look at all these people who showed up for themselves like was really really inspiring and I get like really emotional because it's actually like so incredible the things people do and I think people like 
it's so easy to turn on the news and look at like stuff going on in the world. Um, But when you look at the things people do and the joy people can bring just through like the simplest things, like cheering on somebody at a half marathon, like it's so heartwarming and just makes you feel like there's so much good in the world. And so being a part of that is just like an experience that I truly cannot explain. Um, But then you keep running and then like all of a sudden there's nobody on the sidelines. There's nobody cheering. It's just like silent. You just hear your music, your feet hitting the ground and like the feet of everybody around you's feet hitting the ground. And you're just like, oh my God, I have so far to go. And that's when you really just have to like, it's mindset. It's mindset more than anything. Um, You just have to keep going. And it was really interesting to just like be aware of the people that were around you and like how they were doing. Like you can just feel it in the air. Like, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just like this energy in the air and you're in the middle of it and you have this like beautiful view and it's just like, oh, truly like a once in a lifetime type of feeling. But it was really interesting around mile 10, there was like a palpable change of energy. That's when I started seeing people throwing up, people sitting down, people walking, people crying, like it, the energy just changed. And I think around mile 10 was kind of like when everybody was like, okay, when is this over? Like, this is a lot. And like, I ran 10 miles in my training and I had a, and like, and they went great, but 10 miles on a race day was like totally different. I, again, like I had said in the beginning, you want to be prepared as possible for what you're running. And that's why you don't switch up your socks or your shoes or things like that all throughout training um I was really lucky and I hardly ever got any sort of like blister or anything but if I did I would get them on my left foot around mile eight during the race I could feel a blister forming on my right foot and I was just like why is this happening this hasn't happened in 12 weeks of training and now it wants to happen at mile eight on race day and it hurt and I could feel it. And I was just like, well, we got to keep going. Like we got to keep going. Um, and so it's just like, you can prepare as much as you want, but truly nothing prepares you for race day. It's just an experience that's entirely indescribable. And I wish that I could describe it and like do it justice other than it's magical and exhilarating and terrifying and hard and lonely and not lonely at the same time. Like it's just like a paradox of so many different things. And it was really, truly incredible. And so I'm very grateful to have done it. I did complete the half marathon running the entire thing. I did not walk. And so I was very proud of myself for that. Um, and I didn't get injured. I was not injured at all. Thank God. Um, but again, I think that comes down to the way that I trained and that like, if I had a day where like my knee was bothering me, I adjusted accordingly. Um, and I was good. Obviously afterwards I could hardly walk. (laughs) They had a physical therapist there for us to help us get stretched or like take a Theragun to you if you needed. Highly recommend that if you do have 
that opportunity at your half marathon. Um, I feel like that really helped me. And then icing, I like laid on the couch and iced and I couldn't walk for a couple days. Fuel, you absolutely need to eat something substantial afterwards. I scarfed a burger in like three bites, I think. Um, and it was amazing. Post-race is kind of like, for me anyways, I crossed the finish line and I literally was like, now what? Like, I kind of just looked around and I was like, I'm done. Like, it's over. Like, it's the weirdest feeling. That's also something I don't know how to really describe. Although I did see a lot of people on TikTok talking about like post-race blues. And to be honest, I was like, oh, that won't like affect me because I'm not a runner. Like this isn't something I do all the time, but they were real. They were really, really real for me. For the first week after the half marathon, I was really like, now what? Like lost in some ways. I think it's because running became everything for the entire summer. Everything I did was based on, do I have to get up and run tomorrow? How much water have I drank today? Do I need to eat more carbs? Where's my protein level at today? Okay, we're running this many miles today. Okay, do you have fuel for this? Okay, you're traveling. Like everything was about running. Oh, I have meetings at 8 a.m. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to get up at 5 a.m. to run before. Like it, everything was about running to prepare for the race. And so as soon as that's over, it, it was truly so weird to be like, my brain feels empty. And I kept thinking to myself like, well, but obviously you had stuff you were doing before this race. So like, what was your brain occupied with then? But, and it truly, it just lasted for me for like a week or maybe a little less, but it was really weird. I'd like, I had signs that my friends made um, and like my medal in my bedroom and I'd like walk in there and see them. And I'd just be like, it feels like fake that this is over. Like, I don't, I really don't know how to describe it, you guys. It's just like a very surreal feeling where you've put so much time and energy into something and then all of a sudden it's just done. And like, you're not doing it anymore and it's over. Like, it's so weird. Um, but I really tried to also just like enjoy the accomplishment and not be like, okay, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? I feel like I'm somebody who kind of gets in that pattern sometimes where I accomplish one thing and it's like, all right, time to move forward. Now what? Now what? Um, and I really am trying to be better about that. And so with this specifically, I was like, you need to enjoy this and like kind of revel in what you've just accomplished um, and enjoy that. I also wanted to, again, I said like, I didn't, I'm not trying to join the Olympics. I'm not trying to set a personal record, but based on my training, I did set a time goal for myself and I set the goal. I gave myself a window where I knew based on training, I would finish the race by a certain time. Like I knew I, I knew I would hit that time, but I also wanted to push myself and say like, I challenged myself and did the best that I could. And so I gave myself a window and I will say I did finish within that window and I was really proud of myself for that. And I think that leads me to like my two biggest takeaways from running this that to anybody who's listening and is like, oh my gosh, this seems like a lot. It was a lot. It was really, really a lot, but I am so glad that I did it. Two biggest takeaways were 
mindset is everything. Mindset, fighting your mind when you don't want to run is harder than like actually fighting your body. Like your mind wants to give up way before your body does. You are so much more capable physically of things than you realize. And once you can get past that hurdle in your brain, like things just open up and it's like an entirely different experience. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that almost every single run, I had to fight my brain at some point. Like it just, I don't know why. Like your brain just wants to be like, okay, I'm good. But like, we still got five more miles to run. Like, what are you talking about? You know? And the second takeaway is like, don't half-ass it. Like if you're going to sign up for something that is for you, commit to you. Like why are we so inclined to commit to everybody else around us and not commit to ourselves? Commit and do this for you. There's nobody else on this planet that benefited from me running this half marathon. This was for me. I want that for you as well. It's so important to have moments and experiences for ourselves. And this is one that I am really proud of myself for. Will I ever run a half marathon again? I can confidently say probably not. Like I feel like I've accomplished that and like time to move on to something else. There's of course that piece in the back of my mind that's like, oh, but like you could beat that time. Like why not? Like you could do better than that. And I'm sure that I could, but it's like, do I want to? Like, is that the priority for me or do I want to move on to like the next thing I want to experience in my life? And I think I'm kind of just like, I'm good for now, but maybe five years from now, I'm like, get the itch to do it again. I don't know. I also would really like to enjoy summer without waking up at like five or 6 a.m. every single morning and like running, especially on a Saturday when the weather is beautiful and the last thing you want to do is like, run eight miles. I want to enjoy summer. So I think that's my next, next year. I'm going to enjoy summer and I will not be signing up for a half marathon in 2024. I can guarantee that. But I really, really am so happy that I did it. And the experience was amazing. So if you're considering it, I do recommend doing it. Do it safely. Do it for you commit and just like enjoy it. Like let yourself just have that experience and those memories. Okay. So I'm going to end this episode here now that I have talked your ear off about a half marathon and running. Um, but if you guys have any questions for me, feel free to DM me. Um, I'm always happy to help in any way that I can. And Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, if you could please leave a review and rate and subscribe and send this podcast to your friends, um, I would greatly appreciate it more than you know. That's the best way to support any podcast that you believe in. Um, Yeah. All right. I will see you guys next Tuesday. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.